So welcome to the Point of Reference podcast, where we um, explore where we come from so we can light away to where we're going. So I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited for the guest today. It's uh, David Pierce, you know, a peer. I've known him for a while now. Uh, we went to uh, University of Illinois together, both in the broadcast journalism program. Um, and he has his own situation going on with the intellect. He has his own uh, YouTube channel um, and also a reporter, on-air reporter now. Um, and a fashion, you know, a little fashion icon. I know that that's your, your thing, uh, known as Dayfly P uh, to other people. So how are you? That was a long introduction, but how are you, David? Uh, I don't I don't think it was long. <laughs> I don't think it was long. But I'm fine. I'm good, Nelly. And thank you for such so many kind words. Yeah. So um, I really wanted to talk to you and get you on this podcast because I really admire your journey, just knowing you from being a classmate, um, just watching you do your thing, go um, you know, exploring with the intellect and kind of like sticking with that. And then finally being able to break into, you know, the traditional journalism arena. So um, I really, you know, admire that tenacity and I wanted to talk to you about your, your journey. So tell me a little bit about like where it all started. What made you want to be a journalist? Oh, man. Um, when I decided I wanted to be a journalist, it was when I, it wasn't until I was 17 going on 18 like right right as I was graduating because I wanted to own my own sneaker boutique and any entrepreneur knows that it takes a lot of time putting it in the work to get your business off the ground and just protecting it and just knowing the tricks of the trade of it so I was just like man you know owning a, a sneaker boutique would be like a headache so I'm just like well let me try something else that I want to do that's more like less of a risk but more so I honestly I don't even think it's about the risk it was just more so that like I didn't want to base my life around shoes mm -hmm. you know like I didn't I, I, I could see that after a while you know just a product you know just item you know material things it just didn't fulfill me like that and I unknowingly that also unknowingly helped me make my decision so it was just like what else do I want to do and I'm just like I like to talk to people. I like to tell them, you know, things that they should know about. And I also like showing people a good time. Because when I was in high school, for those that don't know, I went to Rich Central in the south suburbs of Chicago. And uh, we hosted this open mic night in 2011. Well, I hosted the open mic night. But, you know, a friend of mine, his name is Brent, Brent Whiteside, for those who, who may or may not know him. Great guy, super creative, worked on many of our fashion shows and this and that and he helped put together this open mic night and I treated that opportunity bigger than it was like I treated it like it was late night television with David Pierce so I um man we had the music we had the band like our band is award-winning ever central so like to have an award-winning band playing top-notch music like rap songs but in band form mm -hmm. and uh I had that I got to choose with songs I'm like man can y'all play show me what you got by Jay-Z because you know it has a like it has instruments in it so it was just like so fitting and then like you know it's a rap song so it's cool and you know a lot of times you know late night tv shows they have like the you know the piano the drums and you know they got a whole band themselves so I treated it like it was my own and you know, I added, you know, you know, kept the crowd, you know, engaged, had a little bit of comedy of my own. I did like um, I had dressed up in this jumpsuit, like a jail jumpsuit, but I was uh, uh, acting like a janitor. Right. So during the intermission, like as we were coming out of intermission, it was like me sweeping the floor. And I got my headphones on, got the big beats joints. You know, <laughs> you remember those from back in the day. Right. Yeah. And then I'm sweeping and then like the whoever's playing the music they just like turn it up increasingly louder to give this like illusion of like you letting you into what's being heard in my my headphones and then as it gets louder all you hear is jump on it let's do it so like I come stripping out of this 
um, this jumpsuit. I'm just like, ah. So it was just like, like the crowd went wild and it was just like fun because like, you know, it allowed me to do so many different things. Cause like, even through the uh, the open mic night, I had uh, I, I had done comedy several times. I can get to that later, but it was fun. Like doing journalism, it allowed me to just be the curious person that I am, you know, get to know people, get to know about new things and um, just show people a good time. Okay, for sure. And so that's kind of like where it started with that, that talent show or uh, open mic night you know um and so that opened your world up to journalism and you know seeing that as a career path to you know being able to entertain people and talk to people and connect with people so that's that's dope so tell me about how that kind of um transcended into college and like what your experience was during school because um well when I got to school I didn't start doing anything journalistically until like my sophomore year because I started at NIU and I didn't start doing anything like that first semester which was fine and we would basically go to events like our, our assignments were to go to events and write newspaper articles behind that and that was cool like it was just fun just you know talking to people and getting to know them because it was an event that I did with the alphas they were it was like some sort of career success event and um um I got to chop it up with one of their their president at the time their chapter president and just coming back and putting that into paper form and to like it be something that people can grasp something from it was cool so um, the intellect. So I know that you started the intellect a few years ago. Was that during school or did you do that after graduating? I wasn't sure. Um, that was literally the semester after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that was I was just like always like posting stuff on Snapchat, like just like as you would share something from like your favorite music page, shade room, whatever it was, I would put that on before you could just throw something on a story before Instagram had stories. I would just put that on my Snapchat, like just screenshot it or screen record the video and put it on there. And I'm just like, man, I do this stuff so often. I should just come up with a show because I've always wanted my, my, my own show. And, you know, just that, that urge to have my own show just kept coming back to me. And I'm just like, let's make a YouTube channel. Okay. So, so that was the, the primary motivation in terms of um, starting the intellect was just to, to have your own thing or it was just a desire for you to like put yourself out there. Um, so tell me about your experience after graduating from, from college. So like you were working on your show. Um, and so just in terms of breaking into the industry, like we both went to U of I for journalism. We both know like how it works. It's kind of a difficult industry to break into um so it's so tell me about that journey that experience of like um graduating from college and then trying to find your way man honestly it was like so many times I was just like I'm gonna take a break from applying for jobs and stuff like that because when I first graduated um see what they don't tell you is that you have to apply to like 80 stations and just for like one or two to call you back, like they don't tell you that um, that you will have to go through all of this, you know, applying just to get a just to maybe get a call back, you know, because when I graduated, I graduated in December of 2017. So that January, I was applying for jobs, and I ain't gonna lie, I only applied, I only applied for like five stations within the radius of Illinois and like Missouri, like basically the Midwest, Iowa, Indiana, like I didn't want to go too far. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like, you know, you basically keep doing the same thing. Like you send, you send the same resume, the same cover letter, but you just alter whatever station you are sending it to. And it was just like, I mean, because after a while, I was just like, man, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing here in Chicago because 
I'm right here in Chicago. Like I live in a South suburb. So all it is is a train ride and I'm downtown where a lot of things is happening. And it was there where, cause I worked at express at, and I would be walking past different tourist attractions and new things coming, new events. Cause you know, Chicago has conventions happening. The car show, comic book, Comic-Con, I think it was like C3, the, the one that comes to Chicago. Um, but it's just so many interesting things that are coming to Chicago. And I was just like, well, what's stopping me from covering it as if, you know, I'm really working for an organization because I mean, in all essence, I really am my own organization. So it was like, you know, treat it as if I have this big reporter gig before I actually had you know, it, it confirmed on paper or me showing up on people's television screens. Sure. So what, and so um, I know that it was a, a journey into getting to this position that you have now. Um, oh, yeah. So what, like, really just, like, kept you going? Like, kept you motivated to do it? Because I know, like, a lot of our peers, me included, you know, we, we try to do our own thing when we, we find it difficult to, you know, get into that dream position or, you know, find, you know, what we have been dreaming about in terms of like this journalism, I don't know, utopia type of thing. I think like a lot of us are dreamers, right? Like we really want, we, we have big things in mind. So it's um, some of us start things up and then maybe not continue with it or, you know, get discouraged. And I feel like you were one of a few people that I knew that were doing their own thing that kept with it. So like, what was the motivation to, to just keep going? Like what kept you in it? You know what I'm saying? Honestly, just believe in that. Like what I have to offer is like so cool that it's like, you can't help but watch it. Like, you know, and, and I know that I haven't made my best work yet, but it's just like, you know, just giving people something to think about, you know, something that's like, hmm, I never thought about it that way. Like, oh, that's interesting, you know, and not just that, because people nowadays, like television news isn't the most popular thing. Like, you know, this might cause some controversy for me saying that, but I mean, it's the truth. People don't watch television news like they used to. And part of the reason is because a lot of people don't use cable, you know, and finding your local news station on a cable channel or just a streaming service nowadays. I don't know where exactly it might be, but you would, unless you are seeking to get your local news, you would you would definitely have to download the specific app to the station. But, um, you know, a lot of people, that's just, it's just with television news these days, um, just the intensity of what they're covering can be a bit much for people. And some people are just, you know, they, they, it's a little bit too much for them to handle. Granted, they also probably look at much worse things on social media. But, um, you know, just that presentation, though, you know, I, I think that people are wanting something different than, you know, just the suit and tie and the breaking news. This just happened. Like, you know, just something a little more like personable and like you know, just different, you know, it's, it's, we, we've been getting the same type of thing for so many years that people are, you know, they want something different. So with my show, I always try to add like a cool instrumental, you know, the color and, you know, I got my, one of the hoodies on right now. Forget, forgive me for not having an eye fell off. I got to put that back on there, but, you know, just make it like as, you know, different and like interesting as possible. Did that answer that? Yeah, well, yeah. Like in terms of um, like what was your, um, so motivation is in terms of giving some something different than what is like the status quo of like what the traditional journalism is. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yep. That's it right there. something different, yep. Okay. So um, also for somebody that is, you know, graduating from school or in school and like, you know, trying to find their path, trying to find their way, like what advice would you give them um, in terms of just finding their way? Um, 
and what have you learned first of all, in this? First chart? of all, it's one more thing I do want to add real quick um, to that last question. Um, and this 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 may also go into this question now is that like do your own thing like just do it because it, it's a good training ground for what you, you're trying to do because a lot of times we wait on the actual opportunity to come then we get ready versus like having something of our own that we could you know, make our vic we, we could have our victories and have our uh, our failures at the same time where it's just like you know, you could, because I wrote written stories that was like, eh, that wasn't that really, that wasn't that, that great. I could have did this differently, or, you know, stuff like that. So when it comes to finding your way, you just got to figure out what's your purpose. Like, what is it that you can contribute to this earth, to this planet in this lifetime? And I know that's like a little cliche, but it's like, what are you good at? Or what do you, what do you really, what do you, really, what are you passionate about? that can be of service to people, you know, cause some people, they like, they like um, seeing others being able to move better, like having more mobility, right? You know, they might have had a situation where they were in a car accident and they were injured badly, but with some good physical therapy that helped them realize like, I wanna help other people get back onto that good level of mobility you know after a traumatic accident so it's just all about finding your purpose and you know what you're passionate about and do you think that you had like a moment like that I mean I know you talked about um that that kind of sparked it so you get you gave the analogy of like somebody going through uh maybe like a tragedy and that you know illuminating the fact that that was their path so uh, even outside of, um, you know, the the open mic that you talked about, was there like a moment where you're like, yeah, this is for sure what I'm supposed to do? Oh, yeah. Um, because the thing is, is that like, it's not that many Black people in television. Mm -hmm. And our stories are always like coming off some sort of trauma. Like it's a result of some trauma. Like, you know, first of all, I love the fact that we are getting so much more coverage of Black Lives Matter, you know, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, um, George Floyd, and a long list of names. And I just feel like it's my duty to help people understand why those things are important and um, cause a change too. Like when I did the Breonna, cause I covered the Breonna Taylor Memorial not with, with the help of my station sending me down there, but because I was like, it's only three hours and a, three and a half hours from where I live. What's stopping me? You know, I've covered many stories in the past on my own. So what makes this one different? So I just went and I covered that story and I, I took the perspective of like, this event occurring is changing the minds of people that are outside of the black community. Specifically, white people, and you know the country is white, and the majority of people in power are white. So to see that people that were once oh, I said that the internet was uh, a little unstable. So to see that you know you have people that were once are. I wouldn't even say once because it's still an ongoing thing. Um, to see that there's people that were heavily opposed to having to, they were heavily opposed to seeing us live a good life and have equal rights and an equal, just an equal experience. To see that that those people formerly were like just like, well, they're they they're Americans just like we are. I don't see what the problem is. To see them like, well, okay, I see what the problem is. Like, okay, that was wrong. That was bad. That was horrible. So to hear people talk about that, you know, it shows that, you know, the United States is changing. Right. So in terms of like being able to cover a story like that and seeing that affect people's perspective is like what um, kind of said like, oh, I'm on the right track with this in terms of, you know, my voice being a part of that conversation. Well, it wasn't just just that but that was like a huge like milestone for me because it was a very 
um, coming, you know, full circle moment, like, you know, for one, like I really just went down to, first of all, it took me like two weeks to get the story done. Cause I just was like, could not believe that I had just yeah. talked to these people. Like I, I, not only was I present, but I talked to white guests that were at the, um, at the, at the um, memorial. I talked to Benjamin Crump. I was able to interview Benjamin Crump. I interviewed Dr. Umar Johnson. I interviewed Brianna Taylor's mother. And I interviewed Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, boyfriend, Kenneth. And it was just like, that's not like an everyday thing. Like that's something that you have to be at a certain level to talk to these people. But, you know, I came to them humbly and was listening to this, like, please like understand like the, the, the importance of being humble because it takes you a long way and being personable too. You know, not just being like, I got this show. Can 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 I get an interview? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm a little busy right now. But you know, you just for one, you gotta you gotta let these people know that you know who they are, and that you're serious. You know, you can't just be like, oh, Mr. So and So, what's going on? Can I get an interview? Like, no, you gotta let these people know. Like, hey, you know, I, I've been following you for year, years, and the things that you've done, and I just want to say, you know, you know, it's honorable what you do. And within that, you just say like, hey, you know, all I want is like two minutes of your time. And my brother just walked past, but I also <laughs> literally put up two. Um, all I want is two minutes of your time. And that's it. Like, you know, I just want to ask you a few questions about the energy that you feel right now, just so people understand why this is important. All right. Um, and, and that's just that's just what it is like just to get these people to talk to you is like a milestone. Right. And it's a prerequisite for bigger things to come. Because if you keep doing this, you keep going to these events that nobody told you to go to, but you know it's a good idea. You keep going to them. You keep covering them. You keep putting them out. Like just that hustle and courage is going to build up into something like way bigger. It's just going to keep growing. For sure. So tell me about... Um... What are some of the biggest like epiphanies you've had in your career journey? What are things that are like epiphanies, like things that just came up that are like, wow, okay, so that's definitely something that I'm gonna take and that's changed my perspective going forward. You know what I'm saying? Um, an epiphany. Man, I got so many. I'm just trying to figure out which one. Um, for one, when I did NBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago, yeah, and by the way, sorry, Cleveland, Chicago had the great, was, was the greatest host of All-Star Weekend because I knew how, how big that was going to be because for one, All-Star Weekend, you know, it's several, it's, it, it goes to a city of a team where the NBA has a team. So it goes to Miami, goes to L.A., goes to Detroit. It was just in Cleveland, you know, goes to Boston. But it's in Chicago this time. Right. And the thing about it was, was that I, I knew it was big just for the simple fact that it's coming right somewhere, just a train ride away. Right. Once in a lifetime chance. Right. And I was like, OK, what events is going on so I could cover them so I could go, you know, so I can go and check them out. Um and I covered the complex kind, and I knew that was a major because it's just like, man, this is complex kind, like this is huge, complex magazine, you know. And that was like, that was like a good, like, you know, how you're trying to get up somewhere, like you're trying to get over a fence, but you're not quite tall enough, so you put your foot in somebody's hand and they lift you up so you can get over whatever you're trying to get over. Mm -hmm. you know that? You yeah. Know? So yeah. it was one of those. Okay, maybe you ain't never had to climb over none. Okay, but <laughs> uh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But um. Man, um, it was like once in a lifetime chance. I had already covered several things before because I covered the grand opening of Starbucks, the world's largest Starbucks, which is in Chicago, right? So I was like, okay, what's going on? Okay, it was a lot of list, different list of events. And for certain organizations, because it was so much happening right there, concerts, parties, uh walk in you know pop-up shops all type of stuff but it was AT&T that kind of struck me because 
when I will, I had to walk past, I worked on Michigan Avenue. So I had to walk past their store all the time. And they had things that were going to be featured in their event, like, like sneaker uh, displays and all of that. And I had also read online that they had this, you know, pop-up event at Navy Pier, right? And if anybody that's been a Navy Pier, you know, it's always some good fun that's there temporarily or, you know, every summer, every season, whatever the case may be. So I saw that they were holding an event, reached out to their marketing director. She was like, yeah, you know, we love to connect with local content. I mean, a uh, local uh, talent and blah, blah, blah. I'm like that. So am I like, okay to go? And she's like, oh, just still waiting back to hear from my manager, blah, blah, blah. Never got that confirmation. So now that was like Thursday or Friday. Now it's Sunday. And I was looking, I was riding down Lakeshore Drive. And I'm just like, we going. Like I was with my girlfriend at the time. And I'm like, we're going. Like whatever happens, we'll figure it out when we get there. But I got this camera and I got this suit on and we going. And I had and anybody that knows me, they know I have this one particular suit that is just like so loud, but it's like it's paisley and it got this pink base and yellow and like canary yellow and like turquoise blue. But it's so eye catching. Right. So when I wore that suit to this event. I got my camera stuff. It was like I was like, hi, I'm David Pierce. I'm here to cover the event. And they were just like right this way, Mr. Pierce. Here, here's a magazine commemorating uh, Kobe Bryant. And it was just like. It was just like everything just moved out of the way. Like everybody was like, excuse me, David Pierce coming through. Like that's what it felt like to me, but it was really like, yeah, he's good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just like everything started working in my favor when I treated it as if I belonged there. Mm. And that's just so important is that like, cause it gets intimidating when you go places and you don't really have like the, the notoriety or the fame or popularity. you know for people to be like oh yeah so much so like who are you here for who did you talk to like who are you you know but after covering an event after covering events over and over you will gain that confidence and that's where it happened for me it was just like hey i'm david pierce i'm here to cover the event i spoke to so-and-so they didn't tell me yes but i did speak to them <laughs> and and they was just like oh yeah come on and the more exciting thing thing about this is that Normani and Meg the Stallion were performing. <laughs> so I got to cover Normani and I got to cover Meg the Stallion and they are two phenomenal artists to, um, to have covered and get video from for. And, um, you know, I met Meg the Stallion's best friend, EJ. He's a really cool dude. And, um, you know, after that, I just talked to people, right? And I was just like, man, how did you enjoy the event? Because like I said, like I'm I'm like in full day fly PMO. Like I'm like the host of this. Like I'm here. Like if you ask me, I worked for AT&T that day because it was, um, I stood, I just so happened to have stood in front of this monitor that had AT&T's logo on it. So like as people are walking out from this event, that presentation, me just standing there with my camera, like they probably like, oh man, he must be like serious. Like he must really work for them and like, just the whole look of it, like, if it wasn't the monitor, it was just that, like, this dude got on this loud suit, he got this camera, he got this mic, he gotta be somebody, like, okay, I'll tell you a little bit what about, what, what up. I'll tell you a little bit about what I know, I'm just so excited telling this story, I'm sorry, y'all, but, um, <laughs> yeah, man, just like, man, I love it, I came from Atlanta, I came from Dallas, this is so much fun, oh my gosh, my girlfriend gonna be mad at me when she see me on this camera, but okay, I love you, Meg, like, it was just like everything was just so right that day. Yeah, I love that. That is, I think that's so important because it's like once you acting like you belong there, like making sure it's all about, it starts with you in terms of like your perspective and what you believe about yourself. You know what I mean? And that affects, you know, how everybody else perceives you so much because if you have that confidence and that, and you show up like, yes, this is who I am, this is what I'm about. Um, and I am supposed to be here, they'll be like, okay, cool. I believe you because whatever you put out there and it goes the same way in the opposite direction. You know, like if you're coming feebly, like you're like, oh, I'm unsure of myself. People will definitely push you to the side, you know? So I think that that's so important to like, you know, make sure that people understand that it starts with you and your mindset, you know, whatever you believe about yourself, 
you know, is what it is and it will be, you know what I mean? So I love that. I love that uh, you had that story to tell because that's important no matter what lane or like industry or, you know, environment that you're a part of, just having that confidence um, and just sense of self-awareness, you know, or self-confidence um, is awesome. And journalism definitely teaches you that, especially broadcast journalism, because I remember, you know, being in school and like, you know, having to like muster up the courage to just walk up to people. Like, that's all it is, is just walking yeah. up to people and being like, hey, will you talk to me? This is what I'm, I'm trying to do. And, you know, it definitely. And, and, and that just reminded me too, like, you know, I even had the issue, like sometimes you will get denied. Like people will try, like they will deny you because they, it's just some people are just, you know, they just doing a job. I'll just say that. Yeah. They're doing a job, right? You know, because they're working with, um organizations celebrities so they have to protect the name the brand and you know because if I was the PR person of a of a um a artist I would be like if you ain't got no confirmation you can't come on here bro because <laughs> it's a lot of people that's just like you and they're trying to do something weird so I gotta keep my eye yeah out, you know um so just recently when I went to when I interviewed G Herbo um great interview you know told me a lot of great stuff about the violence in Chicago and, you know, building up the community and, you know, settling differences when you're at a certain height of, you know, success, you know, cause we talked about Drake and Kanye. And um, when I went to the concert, um, I, it was like 150 people out. It was like raining a little bit cause it's November, right? It's the day before Thanksgiving. And it's raining, it's cold, it's Chicago cold. So you know how cold it is. You know, I'm trying to look cool. So I got this little denim jacket on, but I'm also getting rained on. So I got my collar up so I don't get too rained on. But at that point I had already interviewed G Herbo and I needed that picture as like a full circle moment. Like, like I'm legit. Like I, not only did I interview him, but like, you know, I have connections to, you know, be face to face with these people and, you know, thank him for one, for doing the interview with me, but also like, you know, just to um, show, you know, give myself credibility, like, you know, cause you, you want to try to boost yourself up as often as possible, but they told me like, no, dude, like you got a photo pass, but cause they gave me a photo pass and that's what was included. He's like, you got a photo pass, but that was for before the show. And I'm like, man, I didn't know that, bro. Like, you know, I'm just trying to pop in, pop out. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to do another interview. I'm just trying to take a picture and leave. He's like, no. So I just waited. I just waited. Dude kept going up and down the line of these long, uh, lo this long group of people. And he just like, after a while, like after our first encounter, he just kind of left it alone. But then that, while I was in that line, I'm like texting Herbs, like PR people, like, hey, I'm in line you know, can you get me in? I'm just trying to take a picture. And they're just like, yeah, meet me at the bus. Me, my brother came with me that, uh, to that concert. And I just walked past all 150 of these people and met with his uh, PR person. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, bro? How you feeling? Oh yeah, go ahead, go on up in there. He good. You know, they patted me down. And then I went in there, uh, saw her, you know, threw him a head nod, ch chopped it up with his manager. Cause I had seen, uh, cause I covered an event before with her, where I had met him once already. And, uh, um, it was just like, oh man, yeah, I remember you. What's going on? So another thing, while people are out, like get to know people because you never know when you might see them again. You just want to, or you, well, you never know when you might need their help again, because you want to go ahead and put your bid in now so that if there is something that you want to interview somebody about you have that connection. Like these people know, you You know, if you can't get their phone number, get their email. Email is important. Get their Instagram, you know. Just say, hey, nice meeting you at that event, you know, things like that. You know, don't wait until you need their help until you're like, oh, what's going on? How you feeling? Like, no, because just being a normal human being and just being a friend to them, by the time you need their help, they're like, oh, what's going on, bro? Yeah, you good, yeah. Um, we can handle that, you know, in about two days, just, you know, we'll let you know, it just works that much better. So, um, 
it it, it really just takes being cool, being a, a humble person and, you know, being outgoing. Like you have to talk to people. This is not something that you can get by. I don't think anything is where you could just not talk to anybody and be successful. If you want to be successful at something, you have to get to know people, have them in your circle, because um, there's other journalists that I know that I talk to and I encourage and they encourage me all the time. And it's just just having that that flow of good energy to where good things will happen for you. For sure. Definitely. And I know that uh, we talked before um, about like some of the things that like humbling experiences, right? Like we've talked about the um, like being in different types of environments and maybe feeling like a little bit of like a fish out of water a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like just feeling like um, intimidated just by the, the a new environment or like people that you can't relate to um, on a surface level or things like that, where it's not a automatic click, click type of situation. The words aren't coming to me, but you know what I mean? So like in terms of people trying to navigate that type of feeling, like how did you overcome that? Well, first of all, my therapist, you know, and I encourage anybody who's never been to therapy or has a certain view of therapy, just go. You know, you never know how that person might help you. Um, get a feel for them first and see if they y'all kind of, you know, mesh together. Because uh, my therapist, she's a wonderful person. And, you know, we understand each other. We got a similar background. And uh, she's wonderful. So she she's like... I almost want to sound like a big sister to me in a sense where it's like, she's not going to baby me, but at the same time, like, she's like, you know, understanding to how I feel, but also reminds me like, Hey, you know, you can't control the actions of others. You can only control what you can do. So you, you focus on what you can do and who you are trying to be. And uh, me being in a room full of people that don't look like me, you know, they come from the big journalism schools. At best, I just have my own experiences like I discussed. So, you know, my background is really, you know, I wouldn't say it's all entertainment, but, you know, it's just self-taught almost, right? You know, my own experience where it wasn't like I worked for an organization. I have mentors, but a lot of this stuff is from my own doing, right? It's not like I'm being told to go on these stories. You know, they went to big journalism schools, so they fresh out of college. You know, they 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 straight out of school into that. So they still, you know, got that that energy from from that. So they still feel like they're, you know, that person with a degree now or people that have also worked at another station. So um, we got different backgrounds and they used to always kind of correct me on things. And um, I just didn't I was very defensive back then, you know, very sensitive just overall, you know, not just about my work, but just overall wasn't much of a, I don't mind being a team player. You know, I've always made myself to be, you know, a good leader and a stand-up person. But at that point in time, I didn't feel like this is where I first started my job, which is May of 2020. So I didn't feel confident in what I was even talking about because I didn't know everything. And I'm a producer. So I'm, I'm legitimately a, the team captain in this sense, you know what I'm saying? my anchor being the co-captain, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm telling my reporters who are my, my ball players, like, yo, I need this from you. And, you know, my director who's pressing the buttons and things like that, like, you know, organizing a show in a way that they can, you know, comfortably, you know, put it on screen so it looks good and it, and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I was just real insecure, you know, because I didn't have this type of journalism experience. And it wasn't until talking to my therapist that it was like, you have to go into your job as being a student of the game, but also you can't put your, cause they, they tried me, you know, cause some of them knew, well, I mean, if not all, they knew that I didn't have like any sort of previous local daily news right. experience. So, um, you know, and then me making these mistakes that were like easy to make because I was, you know, a rookie, still am. But um, it was just easy for them. Like, yeah, um, you did this wrong. And yeah, could you do this instead? And um, the thing about it is, was that like sometimes I didn't know 
what they meant by it. So it was just like, oh, okay. And here I am, you know, because you get told as a producer, like, this is your show. This is your show. Like, this is, you know, you're in control of this. So it's like, I'm getting told what to do. So I'm like kind of upset about this, you know, being told. I, I'm, I'm getting told what to do. So it makes me upset that other people that are not the producer are telling me what to do. But, you know, just being a leader, you learn that you listen to your team because you don't have all the answers. You don't know everything. You can't do everything by yourself. And um, just also, you know, if you don't agree with it, it's okay to have an opinion. You guys can discuss because news is subjective, right? What one person might say is different from another, but sometimes both are right. You know, you just maybe what type of effect are you trying to have? I'm sorry, what type of vision do you have for your show? that makes this make sense with what you're trying to do definitely and something that i i want to you know not backtrack but something that you said that made me think about um the fact that we have to pay our dues right so like everybody we all start at the bottom coming out of school or you know even transitioning from a different career or career path or maybe we had a late start or maybe whatever the case may be whatever our individual situation and circumstances we have to pay our dues but we also can't lose sight of the fact that we of who we are right and it's like I still deserve to be here even if I don't know everything I still I still have like you know some raw talent to work with but maybe I don't know everything but I know something and that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? Like I have something to, to provide and offer. So I think that it's important to, to, you know, hold on to who you are, even when you are being a student of the game, like you talked about and, you know, humbling yourself and saying that I don't know everything, but I'm here to, you know, collect every good thing that is a part of each person that's on my team or in the, my environment. You know what I mean? And I heard, I, in so many words, I heard you say that. And I think that that's so good to kind of like, illuminate because um, I think people can get lost and have like an imposter syndrome type situation where they feel like, man, maybe I don't have what it takes. Like maybe I really am not all I thought I was or, you know what I mean? But that's not necessarily the case. You can be a rookie and talented at the same time. So that was good. So. Well, and, and the thing is, is that like, it's not that I don't like criticism. It does suck to take it, you know, because right. um, I, I'm sensitive. Like, I'm old. You can ask all my brothers and sisters. Like, I'm super sensitive. Like, you know, I used to get real. I'm the youngest of five boys. So, like, you know, I'm always like the butt of the joke, getting body slammed because I'm the smallest and stuff like that. And, um, you know, when I walk into a room, I'm already in a room with people that don't look like me, that think that they're just oh so great you know and they are great people don't get me wrong like they are talented people but it's just like come on bro like cut me some slack like I don't obviously I don't know this and it's like what bothered me sometimes is that they were asking me questions right which is fine you know they asked like okay well why did you do that but it just kind of felt like um you know um like sometimes that. it just felt like you were, they were being like sarcastic, like, why'd you do that? <laughs> well, this is how you're supposed to do it. And it was just like, not really a teachable moment within that. And it, it may have, it may have well been, but just knowing their character, you know, who they are, because everybody, you, you, everybody is different. You know, everybody that you work with is different. Everybody doesn't have the same morals as you. Everybody doesn't think the same way as you. They don't see things the way that you do. So sometimes like your perception of people outside of them being professionals can kind of block your view of like what's being said. Right. You know, you might look at it a different way. Like they might, what they may be saying may very well be constructive and this and that, but how you view them as a person might be like, yeah. So it's important that you literally take it for what it is. Like, what can I learn from this? Even if they say it like a complete jerk, because you're going to have people that are going to try to hurt your feelings or maybe not if even maybe not even try to, but will hurt your feelings. And it's like you just got to understand, like, this is just a lesson to be learned. It's right. much worse things that could happen. Right. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, 
but that was the one of the main things was that like um I just didn't want to feel like this chump and I know I'm a champion you know right. and it just took me to understand like okay understanding that people aren't gonna say things the way you want them to so don't be offended don't put your self-respect in the to the hands of other people by allowing even if they are trying to be like jerks and say some things to you trying to check you on things they know you don't know and they're not going to have a lesson behind it you know just just listen and just be like okay all right i hear what you're saying got it all right cool all right did not know that thank you all right but um you know over time your confidence will grow and there's been times where and, and this is not about being right this is about giving viewers what they need to know in a presentation that makes sense that's what this is about this is not about who's right and who's wrong because you we didn't come here to debate about what should look a certain way what should sound a certain way it's just about okay does this work for the viewers because even though it's my it was my show because i'm not a producer anymore even though it was my show there were things that um you know i was wrong about so i was just like okay that maybe that does doesn't make sense okay you're right okay we can switch that you know flip that you know so it's just all about you know being open to opinions and being willing being open to change right definitely it's, and i think it's like a, a twofold thing like you said it um knowing about the bigger picture like what is the end game here because for you in in the journalism world it's about getting the the people what they need right and then also like on the personal front in terms of like working on your yourself as a professional, it's like, even though maybe they are trying to nitpick, you know what I mean? Nitpick you and like trying to come at you, trying to chip away at your confidence. Maybe there might be something that is valid in what they're saying, even if their intentions are to tear you down. You know what I mean? It's like taking the meat and throw the bones away uh, in terms of like, there's something that I can get out of this. Like, let me evaluate it and distill it and see like, is this all crap? Like from what, what they're saying, like, are they just being petty? Or like, is there something in this, in this bad delivery, this, you know, bad attitude or like this bad actor, this individual, like that I could actually learn from, you know, and take with me. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, you have to understand that you just got to have more patience and just understand like we're here to work okay you and your attitude you can keep that right but at the same time although their delivery sucks it's more about like what is the teachable moment here like what can we gain from this you know and like i said don't put your self-respect into the hands of others because you know some people will be so quick to argue you know, although the person that came, you may have been disrespectful, but you were arguing back with them and getting so bent out of shape. But at the same time, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, like you can't be loud and wrong at the same time. Like you arguing with somebody, but at the end of the day, you're still wrong, right? right? So, I mean, I never got into it with somebody, but I was definitely like salty, like, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, I, okay, yeah. But yeah, it's just all about humility and just understanding like who you are too. Like not even just where you're going, but like just protecting your peace. Like who are you trying to be? You know, are you gonna be this super combative, short circuit of a person where you just snapping off, ready to just let somebody have it because you just need to be right? Or are you somebody that's just like, you know, I know who I am, I'm focused. This is like, I'm trying to elevate in my career and I'm not going to let you take me off my square. You know, I'm just going to, you said what you said. Okay, I hear you. And, you know, because if you want to, if you want to handle a situation where you feel satisfied, try handling it by taking a few moments just to think about what you want to say and being receptive to how they feel. Because it's really a conversation, right? It's not about who can win the argument match but just understanding each other. Like, just sit down and just talk to them. Like, you know, tell me what you think. How can I help you so that we can make this thing work, right? Here's how you can help me so you can make, we can make this thing work, you know? Cause at the end of the day, you know, 
shouting at each other, doing little petty stuff, always trying to critique every little mistake doesn't help anybody. It's only more aggravating. But it'd be different if, you know, there was more conversations about working together and be like, man, you know, honestly, you know, I understand, but it's just that, you know, it it's just upsetting sometimes because you come off so rude, you know, and it's like, all I'm trying to do is listen to you, but I can't help but feel a certain type of way if you come in at me this certain way, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, you know, I don't have to be so emotional, like, and this is a conversation with yourself at the same time, I don't have to be so emotional and, you know, quick to react myself, but, you know, it, you know, you'd be surprised what happens when you have a conversation with people. You know, when you talk about how you all can help each other. Definitely. That's so good. Well, I think that this was great. I really appreciate you being willing to talk to me and be like vulnerable and open about your, your experience. Um, and I think that it'll be definitely helpful for, for somebody that's listening that's like, you know, just it maybe in a transition phase or like just... I don't know, just need encouragement in terms of like, just keep going and not lose sight of who you are. So I appreciate you. Yeah, and I just want to say for you, Natalie, and anybody that's watching it, you know, it's, it might be a little slow, you know, getting, you know, getting the, the traction that you want and different things like that. But it's not about, because we live in this instant culture where everything happens fast, you know. We see people post something online, they get 10,000 likes, this and that. And it might be people that literally are just Instagram fans, right? Mm-hmm. And we think that we deserve those same things, but, you know, whether they're Instagram famous or not, we don't know what happens behind closed doors to help them get to where they're at. Because they may, like, really be having something going for them outside of just taking pictures. Um, we just got to understand that all good things take time. And it's like, it's better to be focusing on what you're trying to do with your content or whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, give to people, whether it be a service or, you know, an organization, whatever it may be, you know, take the time to focus on the purpose and making it better versus being more popular because you could be popular today, but at the same time, it's like, just because you got a lot of followers doesn't mean anything, you know, that doesn't turn, that doesn't, you know, that could very well mean nothing. So it's just about focusing on what you're trying to do and making it better. Definitely. Well, let us know how we can get in touch with you and stay and keep up with you. You got anything to plug? Tell us your details. Of course I do. Tell us your okay. <laughs> um this hoodie has like my info on the back so let me see if you all can see it but um yeah uh dave fly p at dave fly p and then um at the intellectual and uh yeah it's just simply that and uh you know just stay encouraged man because i didn't get my big break so to say on tv until um just this month and i've been waiting since i graduated in 2017 so it's been definitely four years, but, you know, creating my own thing has always helped me make me feel like that I was on the path to something great. So me getting this job is just a stepping stone onto better things and better things. So it's just, you know, walk like you got, walk like, walk and produce things that help you feel like you are going to be great. I love that. I love that for sure. That's a great way to end it. <laughs> for sure, for sure.